Yes, it's time again for the Chief Zone podcast. I'm Farzim Masugi, and I appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the Chief Zone, available on iTunes, which you guys can subscribe to on there, and also available on Google Play. So download it for your iPhone or Android devices, and be sure you guys spread the word out there for the Chief Zone. You can do so on social media. Greatly appreciate it if you guys do so. You can interact with me and follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Farzim Vesugian. Just give it a like on Facebook and interact with me on there. Comment on all the topics we discuss. And you can follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. You guys can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Got that all out of the way. A lot to talk about in this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. OTA is now underway. The Chiefs practicing at the Arrowhead practice facilities. And there are some storylines there, and I'll give you kind of a rant I have about off, uh, really about the way the media does their off-season coverage. And it's not like they can do anything about it, but uh, I, I think to me, I'll tell you why I don't make a big deal out of OTAs. I kind of mentioned that last time, but now that we have some stories, I'll talk about some of the stories that are out there from the media about Chiefs OTAs. And really, to me, I mean, what do I make of that? What, what do some of these stories mean moving forward? I'll talk about that in just a moment. The biggest story for Chiefs OTAs is actually off the field. Three Chiefs Pro Bowlers not at OTAs. Why are they not there? Who are these players? We'll get into that in just a moment. Later on in the podcast, we'll also touch on some of the rule changes that the NFL owners have voted and approved of. And a couple of them I like, some of them not so much. I went over this last week, so a couple of them I, I won't get into too much. But uh, some of these very important. I think one of them you will really greatly appreciate, and we'll touch on that one later on in the podcast. Also, in the penalty flag segment, somebody thought I was a professional athlete. I'll tell you what sport and what team this fan thought I was a, uh, a player for. So kind of an interesting few seconds that uh, I had uh, this past week. I'll touch on that later on in this podcast. First and foremost, uh, I do want to give my thoughts and prayers to anyone affected by the uh, just the devastating event that that took place last week. It, it happened right after I had recorded this podcast, so I didn't get a chance to really say anything about it. But the events that took place at Manchester last week just just horrific. Uh, where it happened specifically, a lot of kids that uh, that were killed or, or even hurt in this event. Uh, I mean, just people in general, innocent people uh, that are just out trying to enjoy their lives. And uh, it's just very unfortunate that we we see these things uh, happen. So definitely my thoughts and prayers go out. I do want to talk about uh, a very distasteful Twitter joke that, or Twitter jokes that were made uh, about uh, the Manchester bombings. And I'll touch on it later on. I think a lot of you already know by now who I'm referring to, but... Uh, I'll get to that later and just kind of give my side of it. And even though this doesn't affect me directly, when people make jokes like that, it it still angers me. And I don't know why people feel the need to do that. And uh, the guy definitely got a lot of backlash for it, rightfully so. So we'll touch on all of that later on in the podcast. But to start things off, OTAs underway for all 32 NFL teams. A couple of them start a little earlier than some, but all 32 teams now fully underway. A lot to talk about across the NFL. Some big stories. In some stories, it's more so just for the local fans. And I'll give you a couple of examples. 
of just headlines I, I looked up. I, I typed Kansas City Chiefs onto Google, and uh, it, it's just the things I see. Not necessarily the most intriguing things. I'll be honest, I don't follow. I'll listen to some of the uh, radio, radio interviews on, that are on the, when Andy Reid talks to the media uh, or players are talking to the media. You, you generally hear the local radio station, 610 and 810, they'll, uh, they'll air uh, the entirety of it or mainly just the main parts uh, on air. So that's really as much as I follow OTAs. Here are some of the... Now, in terms of... What stories that writers want to take out of that? Here's what I've seen. There's an article about Patrick Mahomes learning how to drop back. And another about Jeff Allen trying to, quote, get back to the way he played. I don't really know what that means. I'll be honest, I'm not even interested in that a whole lot. Uh, again, a lot of these aren't necessarily the most exciting things to really read about as a sports fan. Another one I saw... Uh, Spencer Ware in a situation where he's the primary running back for the first time because Jamal's not here, so he's in a quote-unquote unfamiliar territory. And again, it's it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not like we don't know these things. Uh, another article about D Ford trying to be more consistent. And that's kind of an interesting one because he had a a pretty good year at least uh, in the first half, and then the second half was very quiet. So okay, maybe out of the couple I just read to you. One of them is probably the most intriguing to me. But it, it, here's the thing. These aren't groundbreaking stories that the media is coming up with. I mean, the real, really, the only groundbreaking breaking thing you can come up with at OTAs is if someone gets hurt. And obviously, we, we never want to see that happen, especially in OTAs. Off-season injuries are the absolute worst. They absolutely suck. And... Uh, there's nothing you can really do about it uh, from a team's perspective. But as far as being part of the media, that's really uh, the only major breaking news you can really come up with while at OTAs. Now, there are some big news for the Chiefs, but that's more outside of OTAs. I'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, you guys get the idea. Listen, and I'm not trying to bash the media Beat writers and bloggers, they have a job to do. They're trying to put some stories out there. Sometimes they'll do some sort of a speculation piece. And, of course, radio shows do this because they have a couple of hours to fill. Some have a two-hour show, some have a four-hour. In Kansas City, just about every radio show host has a four-hour show. So a lot of times you'll you'll hear all these speculation stories about uh, possible starting roles that are up for grabs or key backup opportunities that uh, the players are competing for. Uh, so so really that, those are really the kind of stories that the media talks about during OTAs. And I know the NFL has tried to do something, and this is why part of the draft sometimes has occurred in May. But the NFL is trying to do something where they have a major event taking place every single month of the year. Now, of course, from September through... December, you've got the regular season. In January, you've got the postseason. And in February, you've got the Super Bowl. In March, you've got uh, free agency opening up and, and, and some NFL owner meetings that take place there. NFL owner meetings have kind of been inconsistent. They're not always the same. They, they happen different times of the year. April, that's usually when the draft starts. Sometimes they they have it start in very uh, the, the first week of May. It, it, again, that's it's usually been around the same time. In May, 
OTAs get underway. That's really the biggest story. And then, of course, the NFL owners get involved with some of the things they voted on for this month of Manning. And that's also a a topic we'll get into shortly. And then I think June and July, well, July is the start of training camp for most teams. And June is kind of like the deadline for teams to try to wrap up their their contracts if any players are tagged uh, with the franchise tender. So to me, the NFL tries a little too hard to try to have the spotlight on them. And listen, the NFL is the king of all sports. Nothing can beat the NFL. The NFL consistently dominates the ratings for the Super Bowl. It seems like every year almost the NFL is breaking its own record for highest viewed television event uh and i know the walking dead very briefly had taken the throne for television ratings but then it went back to the nfl Uh, so the nfl for the most part they have really dominated not just television ratings but just views and attention overall and i think they try a little too hard you see it here with otas i think any nfl story Fans want to read because the NFL is the biggest sport. And so especially in a market like Kansas City where football is a big deal. I mean, so many diehard Chiefs fans across this town. A lot of them are going to want to read these stories. So I can understand that aspect of it as well. You put a story about uh, a defensive lineman, Jeff Allen, who's coming back from injury, trying to, quote, get back to the way he played on a sports blog. Well, fans are going to click on it because... It's a Chiefs story, and fans want to hear about their Chiefs even during the offseason. I could kind of get them pumped up and uh, try to kill some time as, as the offseason goes along. And again, this has been going on for years. There's nothing new in terms of media stories that you see come out here. Uh, like I said, right, and I'm guilty of this too. I'll be doing this a little bit throughout the offseason. But the beauty of a podcast is we don't have to do a podcast every single week, luckily. But... Uh, the writers, the writer of the Kansas City Star, Dries Paler, he he's got to put something out there. If you're a radio show host, you cannot just talk about the Royals, especially with the way they're struggling now. So you've got to mix it up and include some of the Chiefs' OTAs on there. And what are you going to talk about? Well, odds are you're going to speculate a lot on some of these things. Uh, so uh, this has been going on for a while. It's nothing new, but this is just something I kind of wanted to bring up because I think fans get too carried away. And I mentioned the story last podcast about – uh, how a Chiefs red coder, and again, I understand they're ambassadors and they try to sell tickets and try to promote the team, but uh, there was one Chiefs red coder who had told another fan, and I had heard this, about how Brody Croyle had, was looking great in OTAs and that he should have a great season, and that red coder was basing it just off of how great he was looking in OTAs. Everyone looks great in OTAs. Nobody looks horrible, and if they do, that is a story itself for the media to write about. But again, I mean, you're not. First of all, you're in shorts and a helmet. You're not wearing pads, so it's not like. And by the way, you, the quarterback doesn't get the full experience too, as I mentioned, because a lot of times they wear that yellow yellow jersey or green jersey, depending on the team colors. Uh, and it's basically, hey, don't touch this quarterback. He, he, absolutely no contact with him. So. Uh, I don't tend to take uh, OTAs too seriously, especially some some of the media stories that come out from OTA practices. Now, the biggest OTA story that's taking place, it's the fact that there are three Chiefs players who combined for 11 Pro Bowls not at voluntary OTAs. Again, 
voluntary OTAs. These three players, Eric Berry, Justin Houston, and Marcus Peters, not at voluntary OTAs. Uh, listen, I'll say this. Justin Houston and Eric Berry have missed OTAs the past two years and have done just fine. Uh, Justin Houston uh, one year had a contract dispute and another year had the knee issue. And listen, he's, he did just fine when he came back uh, from his knee injury this year. And then the previous year when he didn't, uh, I mean, or a couple of years ago when he was dealing with the contract dispute, which he had, that contract issue was going on for a long time with him. And same thing for Eric Berry. Justin Houston still went on to almost break the uh, record for most sacks in a single season. Eric Berry was not at OTAs this past year, or, or last year, I should say. And he had a phenomenal 2016 campaign. And you guys know all about that. I've touched on it. And as you guys know, uh, every single player on the team voted Eric Berry as uh, as the team MVP, which, which is the Derek Thomas Award. On the other hand, it would be nice for some of these rookies, such as uh, Leon McQuay, who obviously is going to be on the team with multiple pro bowlers in the secondary and Eric Berry and Marcus Peters, uh, Ikimwe Iligwe. These are players who the Chiefs drafted this year. It'd be nice to see these guys kind of pick their brains and learn from them. I'm not saying they can't learn from Tom Bahali or Derek Johnson, but uh, having that elite presence from guys like Barry Houston and uh, and Peters, that can go a long way for, for, for a team, especially young guys who are just coming in and learning these roles and try to get their feet wet and, again, learning from an elite guy like Eric Berry, and again, it doesn't have to be a, a secondary. I, a defensive lineman can be inspired by Eric Berry with what he's gone through on the field, off the field, how great he's he is right now in the game of football. Easily one of the best defensive players today. This is and, by, and I do want to note Brad Fanning of uh, Six Ten Sports wrote a blog on Six Ten Sports dot com that I read, and he mentioned the fact that listen, Eric Berry got paid. I, I mean, the, the Chiefs loaded up his bank account with a bunch of money, uh, and this is a guy who's not showing up to OTAs. Let me tell you, uh, fans are coming to the defense of these players saying, hey, look, it's voluntary. To me, if a quarterback decided to not show up to these voluntary OTAs, I think that is a pretty big deal and one that I think is a story for the media to write about. And on top of that, I think it's... Something that fans are going to be pretty irate about. No one's going to like hearing that their quarterback is skip skipping out on practices, voluntary or not, and that really what does that mean for a football team? And I don't know if there's ever been a situation where a quarterback has skipped voluntary OTAs, uh, aside from the fact that you know there might be a family emergency or whatnot. Uh, I'd be interested in knowing what the storyline would be there what the narrative would be from fans, the media, the team, the the players in the locker room, because players in the locker room, Alex Smith, Alan Bailey, uh, I mean, there are players that are being asked about these players not being there. Jeremy Macklin had made a comment about it, and a lot of them are trying to give these generic answers that, hey, look, uh, you, you know, we'll welcome them with open arms, and we know they'll be ready. Because what what can you say about those guys not being there? You really can't. Uh, some of these players, some of them keep in contact, some of them don't in the off season. So it's not like these guys all know what's going on. 
with, with one another uh, throughout the entire offseason. Some of these guys are just trying to enjoy their own life uh, while they're away from uh, from the team facilities. And by the way, uh, worth noting for Marcus Peters, he's partnering with Marshawn Lynch's Beast Mode brand to create underwear called Juice Man Underwear. So perhaps Peters is quote-unquote busy with uh, Juice Man Underwear. Yes, Juice Man Underwear, uh, which I have no intentions of uh, trying on or buying or any of that. But hey, look, uh, when you've got Marcus Peters, a rising star in the NFL, uh, he can pretty much make that and sell because he'll be a pretty big superstar in a couple of years. He's just growing right now. Uh, just wait two more years. And this is a guy, some people are talking about how Marcus Peters might be skipping to make a point about a possible contract, which he's not eligible for until next year. He's got two years left on his rookie deal, so he's got to play through this. Next year uh, kind of gets interesting. Uh, this is a guy who's uh, who's collected a lot of interceptions in the two years that he's been an NFL player, 16 interceptions so far in the short time he's been in the NFL. Or 14 interceptions, rather, but you still get the main idea. I mean, this is a guy who has really dominated in his first couple of years, made a significant improvement in 2016, his second year in the NFL, and uh, he, he this this could be a situation where he might be saying, "Hey, look, you know, if you if you want me to be at the voluntary OTAs, pay me some money, pay me more money." So, uh, not necessarily this year. I, I'm sure he knows the situation that he's he's not eligible for a new contract under this rookie deal, uh, especially that was uh, agreed upon with the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, but at some point, I, I I think he said, "Hey, look, let's try to." negotiate and work on it a little earlier and agree on it when when the time is right final story before we wrap up the show the nfl owners voted on and approved of these four changes here first one overtime goes from 15 minutes to 10 minutes and i i absolutely think this is ridiculous because to me look i'll just say it again it should be sudden death you had 60 mi- NFL owners are apparently saying that they want to have a possession. They want both teams, regardless of a touchdown being scored or not, they want both teams to have a possession. By the way, it's ridiculous how Atlanta Falcons fans are complaining that they lost the game and they, they lost the Super Bowl because they did not have a possession in overtime. Really? Are you sure it wasn't the gigantic lead that was blown uh, as to why you lost? Look, Teams have 60 freaking minutes to try and prevent a tie. So to to say that a team needs possession in overtime to be fair, I just think it's ludicrous. You had 60 minutes to try and do something. Keep it at sudden death. Now, with the rule right now, going from 15 to 10, the possibility of seeing teams or seeing games rather go to a tie, it could go up. So I'm not a I'm not a big fan of this change. Obviously, we do not want to see. T- let me let me just say this: this rule is more so for player safety. I'll tell you right now, five whole minutes in overtime is not going to make a world's difference for player safety. Trust me, they're already. T- 
if we're going to talk about player safety, we might as well not even have an overtime and just allow ties to happen, which I, I obviously disagree with that. My point here is uh, to subtract five minutes from the overtime period is ludicrous. That's not going to help player safety. If we really want to talk about player safety and trying to decrease some time, we might as well look at possibly removing a preseason game or a regular season game. Not that I would be for removing a regular season game, maybe a preseason game, yes. But uh, look, let's be real. Five minutes for an overtime period isn't going to to do a lot. Again, I think that the if we want to talk about player safety, just do sudden death and screw the whole each team getting a possession. Again, you know my thoughts on that. So I'm not a big fan of that rule. The next three rules, I, I, I can say I'm four. Uh, the first one is no roster cut to 75 during training camp. Now, as you guys know, teams have 90 players that they take in the training camp, and there are two cuts they have to make. One of them is the cut from 90 to 75, and another one is from 75 to 53, plus a few players you'll be keeping for uh, the practice squad. That is no longer the case. Instead, it's just going to be one massive cut from 90 to 53. And who's to say teams can't do a few of those cuts along the way? Uh, but really, to me, I, I, I'm i fine with this. Uh, I, I think that's going to make it a little difficult on the head coaches because then they have to do it all at once. And there are a lot of players they'll have to evaluate late in the pre- uh, preseason, late in training camp, after training camp, before the regular season. But... Uh, to me, I, I don't see why there has been, uh, there was a rule to cut to 75. I think it's just fine going straight from 90 to 53. I think one cut is necessary for it. And again, like I said, uh, teams can do it if they wish along the way. So they could go from 90 to 80 one week and then cut a couple more and eventually you'll get to 53. So I don't see uh, what's wrong with this rule changing. I, I, I'm totally for it. Another one I actually appreciate too players can come off injured reserve uh, late in the season for the playoffs. It used to be just one. Now it's two players. So me, I I like that rule personally. You want to keep your 53-man roster active. So if there is someone that you want to bring off the injured reserve, now you can put two players on there and bring Mac if you wish. The last one, this one I think a lot of you guys are going to love and appreciate. Players have more room and more flexibility with touchdown dances. So players can use a football as a prop. They can do snow angels. They can do group demonstrations. Now, you guys may remember Justin Houston was flagged for a touchdown that didn't a defensive touchdown that did not count uh, because they had. Uh, I, I, I don't remember the whole thing exactly. This was in 2012 when the Chiefs only won two games. It was a Monday night football game against the Steelers that went to overtime, and uh, Houston uh, picked up a, a, a fumble. Ran it back for a touchdown, and there was a huge group celebration. And I remember the Chiefs got criticized quite a lot for uh, their choreographed dances after touchdowns and sacks. Um, uh, and I think a lot of people were upset because were wondering if that's what they've been practicing more instead of football. But uh, either way, uh, the touchdown dance that Justin Houston did that got famously flagged for, that would now be allowed. So that can happen, and teams won't suffer a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for the ensuing kickoff. So uh, that's something good. Now, there are some restrictions. Again, there are some do's and don'ts to this, some some specific things that NFL the NFL doesn't want their players to do, such as twerking, if they do 
some sort of a violent gesture. I mean, if they're uh, holding, if they're using the football as a prop, with, like a shotgun or anything, obviously that's a big no-no, which, which I appreciate. I think the NFL is trying to keep it clean at the same time. Allow You can have fun and keep things G-rated. Absolutely. So I can understand the NFL stands on do's and don'ts with this, but they're allowing some flex. Listen, scoring a touchdown is the coolest thing in the NFL, especially if you're a defensive player. It probably happens once every 10 years for a defensive player. So, look, let these guys go out there and celebrate putting up six points on the scoreboard. It's, I mean, six points is the most you see happen in one score in a, in a sporting event. In soccer, it's just one goal. In basketball, it's a two or a three or, or a free throw. So, uh, in baseball, the most you can get is a grand slam four runs, but you get the idea here. I mean, putting up six points, that's a pretty big deal. The crowd erupts if it's for the home team. So it's something that I definitely appreciate. I'm a fan of for sure. So those are the rule changes. What do you guys think of that? A lot of you guys commented already on, on the Facebook page. If you haven't already never too late, do so facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. You can also tweet me at Farzine 21. Let's wrap up the show. Starting off by going around the NFL. This is pretty interesting. Victor Cruz, formerly of the New York Giants, signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears. And Cruz kind of has an interest, interesting theory as to why he didn't have success late with the Giants. He said in an interview in uh, in New York, in a radio interview, that he believes the Giants intentionally did not throw to him so he has less production. Now, Giants head coach Ben McAdoo was asked about this in in another interview and simply said it is inaccurate. Chiefs fans were all worked up because Jamal Charles uh, said he had always wanted to be a Denver Broncos player when when he signed with the Broncos. And I mentioned earlier, I I think he was just saying that to pump up Broncos fans. Uh, He kind of has a reason to hold a little bit of a... A whole little bit of, uh, of anger against the Chiefs because of the way he was let go when he wanted to stay there. But he, he didn't badmouth the Chiefs. He never said anything bad about the Chiefs. And here's Victor Cruz actually throwing his old team under the bus. His quarterback, his head coach, the, 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 the owners, general managers, the team, the people in charge of possibly paying him more money. So the, the fact that he had made this comment and McAdoo denies it, it doesn't look good for Cruz. It looks pretty bad, in fact. So, listen, if he truly believes this, okay, go and have a phenomenal 2017 with the Bears and prove that the Giants were wrong in letting you go and allegedly not throwing the ball to you as much. So, uh, there's not much more you can really say about that. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about, Chip Kelly, now an NFL studio analyst for ESPN, uh, Look, maybe if he was a college football analyst, I would like that. I certainly would. It was very successful at Oregon, but I'm not saying he doesn't know anything about the game of football in the NFL. He clearly knows more than me and plenty of other people, but he failed in the NFL. Jay Cutler, who's the most mellow person in the world, has a job as a color announcer. So we're going to end up hearing Jay Cutler for for plenty of games, I guess. And I don't remember if it's for CBS or Fox, but he's now a color announcer. 
And look, I understand we need coaches, GMs, and players, former guys, uh, for analysis and color commentary to help us understand the game. But give us someone who at least had great success, someone who people respect for what they did in their careers. More importantly, and listen, I know these guys, they're earning their TV gigs because... They, because of their part in the NFL, they didn't get a journalism degree. No. Yes, I'm, I'm talking with a bit of bitterness here. But please, at least put someone who is better suited for TV or radio. Someone that's at, that at least looks good for television. Someone that at least has a good voice. Someone that, that's at least excited. They've got the uh, influx, just able to talk. On air, Herm Edwards, okay, not the greatest, uh, had some high moments in the NFL, but he's a great speaker. So I'm not against the idea of Herm Edwards being on ESPN because he he knows how to communicate efficiently. And, uh, of course, we're seeing he's a very respected guy on the set. So there are some guys, yeah, maybe they didn't have the greatest careers, had some high moments and maybe some low moments, but at least get people who are good speakers if you're going to put them on TV or on the radio. Let's go out of bounds. Alright, this is your chance. Pretend like you are absolutely outraged that the Cavaliers and the Warriors are in the NBA Finals once again. Look, I have no problem with it. I think this is the matchup we expected and a lot of people want to see. They want to see the top stars in the in the NBA Finals. Now, I understand the best teams. Uh, well, I take When I say best teams, I'm referring to the te- best teams in the regular season. The best players from the regular season. I understand those teams don't always make it to a championship game for, for the NBA, the NFL, whatever the case may be. But in the NBA lately, that's been the case. Uh, and I, I'm not against that. I, I see nothing wrong with that. I, in fact, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I like the matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Adding Kevin Durant to the mix and everything that we're going to see here, I, I, I think it's going to make it a very fun NBA Finals to watch once again. Last year, we saw history made when the Cavaliers earned their first title coming back from a 3-1 deficit, which has never happened in NBA Finals history. And by the way, I do want to say, uh, Guillermo, who is the who is one of the uh, side comedians for Jimmy Kimmel Live, Every year he goes to the NBA Finals, and it just so happens the past five or six years, LeBron James is always at the NBA Finals with the Heat or the Cavaliers. And uh, you see this a lot with comedians. They they send like a local reporter to go kind of be the, the jokester there uh, for the Grammys or a sporting event. Guillermo is always there, and he's trying to get an interview with LeBron James, and he fails every year. It's absolutely hysterical. Go to YouTube. Just do this right after the podcast. This is what you need to do after the podcast. Go to YouTube. Type uh, NBA Final NBA Finals Media Day Jimmy Kimmel and look up like the last five or six years. Absolutely hilarious. And Guillermo also did uh, the Super Bowl Media Day w- w- this past year, which was great. Uh, the guy never fails to make me laugh, and, and those videos never get old either. So if you haven't. Check it out and be ready for the NBA Finals Media Day this year on Jimmy Kimmel because it's, it's obviously going to be an attempt to try to find LeBron James. So definitely worth watching. One thing I do want to go over real quickly, uh, KU uh, Athletic Director Sean Zanger signs a contract extension through 2021. 
a great move for KU. Look, on the outside, uh, for fans, the media, we will always judge an AD based on success with the football and basketball programs. The two must watch college sports. College sports. In KU, any athletic director can look good with the basketball program there, of course. But outside of basketball, KU's athletic program has been very successful. They've been very competitive in baseball. Volleyball's been dominating the Big 12 lately, and they actually went to the Final Four a couple of years ago, almost won a national title. Track and field won a national title. But I know that truly none of you guys care. With all due respect to the coaches and athletes involved in those sports, not many people care. There's a reason why a lot of times these other sports are on uh, are on Metro uh, the Time Warner Cable Sports Network uh, because they have the KU uh, deal there. The Texas, the Longhorn Network, which is famously well known across the country, uh, they they show a lot of these smaller sports that again don't get a lot of ratings. The SEC Network, I'm sure they are a lot of these things that again not many people care so much about. But inside, clo- the, behind closed doors for college offices, this is a big deal. They want this kind of success. A, a lot of college programs would love to have the athletic su- success KU has. KU has a powerhouse basketball program. So for them to have a powerhouse basketball program and a not-so-great football team, and that's putting it very kindly, they can afford that. I'm not saying they love that, but you at least have a, one of the two sports dominating very well in terms of success. And I'll also say this for football. When Zanger and Charlie Weiss got here, Charlie Weiss, the former head coach, for K, the KU football team, their grades got better. They got in less trouble off the field. So that was definitely a significant improvement for the football team during Weiss's time when he was the head coach in Lawrence. The only issue for Zanger while he's been an AD here, it's just the football team's record. Now, there have been a couple of other things. Of course, players get in trouble off the field. That happens at every college program, unfortunately. That's nothing that you can hold against the athletic director. Now, a place like Baylor, that's a that's a separate story. But here in KU, fortunately, you've got a program that when the athletes get in trouble, it's at a minimum. And as far as success goes, there's a lot of success throughout the college uh, athletics office. So uh, with the football rec- football team's record being the only major issue, that's pretty. That, that, that they'll take that. So that's pretty good, and I think it's a great move to add three more years to Zanger's contract. Let's throw some penalty flags. All right, uh, as you guys know, the Manchester bombings, uh, a very unfortunate tragedy that took place last week. And one of the stories that uh, the aftermath of that uh, this clown on Twitter, uh, who doesn't deserve the attention or or, or the or to even have his name brought up, but uh, listen, trust me, I don't think this guy wants his name brought up either, the way it's being brought up. David Leavitt, I believe is how you say it. He's a freelance journalist for CBS and several other media outlets, according to his Twitter, which is verified for what it's worth. Uh, he wrote some distasteful tweets, some 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 really harsh jokes regarding the Manchester bombing, which occurred at the site of an Ariana uh, Grande concert that was supposed to happen. Here are his tweets. The first one he wrote in capital letters, multiple confirmed fatalities at Manchester Arena. The last time I listened to Ariana Grande, I almost died too. Next tweet. 
Honestly, for over a year, I thought an Ariana Grande was something you ordered at Starbucks. And then it, 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 he goes on for a couple more tweets, and one of them he writes, Too soon? Um, first of all, the, the, the Ariana Grande Starbucks joke, you're a few years late on this. Like, Ariana Grande's been a pretty big pop star for, for a while now. After a ton of backlash, he wrote an apology tweet and deleted the first one, but his apology tweet... It wasn't sincere at all. And by the way, breaking news, big secret I'm going to reveal. Public apologies are never sincere. It's forced because of the backlash these people receive or a company receives. There are kids whose summers got off to a terrible start. And some of them have been killed. Innocent people killed. And listen, Ariana Grande is a huge pop star. And... For kids, I mean, so many kids were looking forward to this. Uh, the same way we look forward to a Chiefs NFL season opener against the Pats later this year, or Royals opening day, or if your favorite band or singer is coming into the Sprint Center or wherever you live, or maybe a big movie that's coming out that you've been really looking forward to, so on. Uh, for this clown to just write these tweets, people will do anything for a retweet or a favorite. Listen, I say some jokes on social media sometimes, but... I, I, I double check what I write. I, I don't write something that's going to come off as offensive or controversial. There, there's no reason to say these kinds of things. I mean, if you really want to get famous and get thousands of retweets and likes, there are other things you can do. Trust me, there really are. You might need to try for that. Sometimes you don't even need to try at all. And I'll just say this. Some of my tweets that get the most retweets are sometimes they're jokes sometimes they're legitimate stuff i don't even try to aim for you know a high level of attention and sometimes they just get retweeted by a bunch of people sometimes they don't so just let it happen don't make a malicious joke to try to get famous i don't know what this guy's plan was in writing that but uh, just horrible and uh you know, if he's ever experienced anything like that through a loved one, I, I doubt he would say such such thing. Listen, I'm not, I'm not wishing negative things on the guy or his family or whatnot. His in terms of his freelance gigs, if those companies want to let him go, so. But to be clear, CBS wrote a tweet saying that he's not an employee. He's not. He's a freelancer. There's a major difference. Google it if you don't know the difference, because I'm not going to go over it here on this podcast. Overall, it, it, it's just. The guy, it's up to these media outlets whether or not they want to retain him for freelance work. Uh, listen, in a lot of cases like this, there was a Survivor contestant who, he outed a uh, transgender contestant and he lost his new job as a realtor. Luckily, I ended up getting another job. But listen, my, my point here is when you do something negative like this that impacts someone negatively and... It offends a lot of people watching or listening or reading. There are some major consequences that happens that happens in your personal life. And when you make a distasteful joke like this, you just have to be ready for the backlash and anything else that might come after it. I mean, look, your family's going to be ashamed of you. Your, your employer, they're definitely not going to want to be associated with this. They automatically will be. And because of the attention they receive, they're going to cut ties with you because they don't want the unnecessary drama that you caused simple as that all right we'll at least end it on a bit of a lighter note last one here uh i as i've mentioned before i work for the kansas city royals and people have asked what, what do i do exactly 
uh, I, I run the music there, so occasionally I'll DJ there. I, I also run the video board. Uh, just wherever they want to put me from time to time from different games. I work most games a month. Uh, and, and no, I'm not going to hook you up with free tickets. I get that question all the time. Uh, but anyway, uh, I arrive a couple of hours early, and I usually go through the same entrance that the players go through. And there were the, the Royals and Yankees uh, recently had a series, uh, both in New York and in Kansas City. And when they were here in Kansas City, of course, tons of bandwagon Yankees fans are there. Uh, I... <laughs> I'm going through the entrance. Again, this is the entrance where a lot of the players go to go through. So sometimes I'll walk in with some of them. Uh, there are a lot of Yankees fans standing and waiting for players to come by. And I saw from a distance, this lady was looking at me, giving me a really weird look. And I was trying not, not to make too much eye contact, but I could tell in my per- peripheral vision, she was look, looking at me and, and staring deeply. So as soon as I got close to her, she asked uh, if I could take a picture with her. And I, I said, why? She goes, are you a player? And again, she's, she's in a Yankees jersey. And I go, no. And she just walked away with anger. And I think she was so glad that she got lucky to finally get a picture with a Yankees player. If she wasn't a bandwagon Yankees, fans, uh, Yankees fan, maybe she would know I don't play for the New York Yankees. So, I, I had this dream of being a professional athlete, more specifically an NBA player. Uh, didn't pan out so well. But I guess for a couple of seconds, my dream of being a pro athlete came true. Someone thought I was a Yankees player of all teams and uh, wanted my picture. So, kind of a, <laughs> kind of an interesting few seconds I had. Um, uh, it, it was pretty awkward. And then I kind of, I, after the fact, I realized why she was staring at me. I think she was trying to picture me in a Yankees uniform if I look like one of the players in a in a ball cap and whatnot. So uh, I, I guess that's what she was trying to do when she was looking at me, just trying to figure out who I was. Uh, I, I guess I need to look up the Yankees roster and look at all the pictures and see who I look like. Because I, I guess I look like a Yankees player. I don't know. Uh, I get to, I, when I was overweight, I used to be told I looked like Rob Kardashian. Uh, that's, that's part of the reason I was motivated to lose 25 pounds a couple of years ago when I did. So one of the best decisions I made to no longer be compared to a Kardashian, but, uh, I, being, uh, compared or at least allegedly looking like a Yankees player. I'll take that. That's, that's a compliment. Uh, who wouldn't want to look like a Yankees player? I mean, they make the most money apparently. That'll do it for this edition of the Chiefs on Podcast. I'm Farzine Vasugan. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode. Let me know what you guys think about everything we discussed on here. You can do so on social media, facebook.com slash Farzine Do you care about a lot of those stories out of OTAs? Do you care that a couple of players are skipping on voluntary workouts? Should they be mandatory? What do you think of the rule changes? Is there anything we discussed to wrap up the show? Let me know on social media, facebook.com slash Farzine Vasugian. Give it a like. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine 21. And you guys can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVasugian.com. The Chiefs Zone Podcast available on iPhone and Android devices. So subscribe, download them, share it with a friend, let them know about it, and listen free all you want. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys next weekend. Talk about other stories that come out of OTAs. Will Barry Houston and Peters return? Maybe, maybe not. We'll touch on that if it happens and other stories that take place around the NFL. Until then, enjoy your week. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. I'll talk to you guys next week.